You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio. The Rams implode as the Packers get a big win. While many Packers enter end-of-year awards talk. Free agents on the cheap contribute to a 9-3 season. And the bye week may be just what the doctor ordered. Four quarters of Packers talk. Right here on... Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We are now 12 years into this experiment called Cheesehead Radio. And we are back this week after I correctly predicted a win for the Packers over the Rams. Unlike my co-hosts. As is usually the case, your hosts tonight are the Nullifidian Kelly Hodgson, that Packer girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the Doubting Thomas, known as C.D. Angeli, Tundra Vision on Twitter. And lastly, little old me, your voice of reason and faith in the Packers, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. You can follow me at Jersey Al GBP on Twitter. That's it for the introductions. Let's get the show on the road. So the Green Bay Packers, wow. Uh, Kelly, you and I may have been wrong in our predictions. I don't um, know if there's the Alex how much? in it at don't all. Don't care. Don't by care. How much? Before he brings it up, why don't we just say, you know what? Get it out in the open. Very pleasant surprise. Uh, very, very good win. I like to think that betting against them totally. Oh, no, stop with that! Superstitious. <laughs> stop with that! You hear, we hear that every time you're wrong. Well, it's a sort of reverse psychology. Totally reverse uh, not psychology. Buying. Not oh my... buying it. No, nope, th- done. That excuse is done. Who thought Jersey at Pollyanna could be such an obnoxious winner? Oh, I can be as obnoxious as I want to be. <laughs> I can tell you it's the last time I'm going to talk to my tennis club and have help me come up with my predictions. So as obnoxious as being called a Pollyanna. So <laughs> you're going to get it right back. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Kelly and Pollyanna talking the Green Bay yeah. Packers going into their bye week nine in three fantastic record uh five games on the other side of the bye but let's talk about this game on sunday as we kick off four quarters of packers football here on cheesehead radio who would have thunk this who would have thunk this i mean well i guess jersey al would have thunk it i thunk it apparently we did not it was not necessarily amongst packer nation the most confidence i've ever heard going into a game with all the injuries. And they really did what Al told them to do last week. So I'm going to actually give Al a little bit of kudos. Oh, just, a said, just a little so, bit. I mean, just a little they bit. had they had to go in and change the game plan. They had to do things differently, and they did it. And Rodgers actually stuck with the plan and executed it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It totally Who would have thought? Though. Let's talk about what things did they do right, Jersey Al? What Of the things you talked about last week, what did they do right? Oh, they threw a lot of passes less than 10 yards, and they ran the ball. Simple as that. And they took their shots in between, you know, not come out blazing guns and taking shots downfield. They set them up nicely, very nicely. And when they were the long ball, it made sense. Yeah, it was basically what I've been asking for the entire season almost. This is the way to run this offense so that it will be, A, successful, and two, you won't shoot yourself in the foot all the time by going deep on third and twos. 
and then ending the drives. Now, I did think of New Jersey, Alex, because in the first quarter, they did do a shot down to MVS. I think it was on third and 10. Third and 10. I mean, that's a yes. little bit different. You know, a little bit 10, different, but yeah. I'll let, I let that one go. You know, third and 10, okay. Although I would have preferred that MVS actually was somewhat open or even had a step on a guy, which, which he didn't. He, he did but not. But that's a no. whole separate thing, right? It's almost like Rodgers thinks that MVS has some fantastic separation ability. And at least since he's come back from whatever the COVID or the injury or the time he spent on IR. Hamstring. Hamstring. hamstring thank you. I'm really not seeing the separation. I mean, once he gets in the open, has the ball, we, we saw him turn on the Jets. But it just seems over and over again, MVS isn't getting that separation down the field. Yeah, we, we, we only saw it once. Um, that was last week. And it wasn't getting down the field it was more after he caught it he just turned on the jets and and took off but yeah as part of the actual route getting that separation that's something we haven't seen a lot of but i'm okay with it because he's he's improving he's not like he was you know a season and a half ago where he was super rusty way off he's getting there there's a learning curve and he's getting there and another thing you you certainly talked about al was uh hey we had aaron jones back and A.J. Dillon could go back into his secondary backup role, and yet A.J. Dillon seemed to still be the featured back, didn't he? But it was more of a game that was more in need of a bowling ball, for lack of a better term. Yeah, more conducive. Yeah, exactly. I said that in the first quarter. I said, you know what? This feels like a game where Dillon's style of running is going to be better suited. Because the few times, you know, well, I mean, they started out with Jones, who started the game, which really surprised me. And, you know, he got met at the line of scrimmage a couple of times. He got pushed, boom, right back down. You know, I said, well, Dylan might have got an extra couple of yards there with that. So I felt I felt that early on that it would be a better game for Dylan. I think it did prove out to be that way. Now, I would have liked to have seen them get Jones involved in the passing game, you know, get him out into space where he's dangerous as hell. But that didn't really happen. But uh, I'm not going to complain too much. Oh, by the way, I, while we were talking about um, – Rodgers and and the game plan and what what they did correctly. I was looking for a tweet uh, from Paul Brettel and I just found it. And just some some numbers here. Rodgers had 26 pass attempts where the ball traveled nine yards or less, and he completed 24 of them for 172 yards and two touchdowns. So they were getting the ball out quick, and it worked perfectly. And against that defensive front, it it made total to. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't AJ mean that Dill- they have not done it in previous games no. against you know, bad, you know. No. It's still shocking when they actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan had right. 20 carries for 69 yards. That's a, you know, three and a half yard average. You get the feeling AJ Dillon was running so well. If he was maybe against a lesser defensive line, that that might have been easily 100 yards or 110 oh, yards. Easily. So I mean, it, it was stiff competition. Once again, proving himself as a receiver. Who would have thought this big, stout uh, running back would be so agile, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield? Yeah, he has proven that uh, several weeks in a row, going up and getting balls that were maybe not that accurate and spinning around and, and high-pointing it. And uh, it's been a tremendous surprise and, and a great thing, no doubt. And, you know, th- this is the game where I think a whole lot of non-believers are finally buying into, hey, getting rid of uh, Jamal Williams was not a bad idea because this was, this was a game that was really meant for Dylan. Um, and it, it seemed like he only had 69 yards, but he fought for every single one of them. And I could have swore he was closer to 100 because of the way he just went at it. Yeah, they, they got him the, you know, 
the requisite number of carries. I think he's a, a back that you have to get him a bunch of carries like that because he's just going to wear down the defense, you know. And in that fourth quarter, uh, in cold weather, it's exactly what you want. So kudos to the Packers for actually doing the right thing, according to us, and <laughs> the experts that we are. But it's it's true. They really game planned, and, and we got you got Rodgers to buy in because if everyone was thinking Rodgers was just going to be you know, audibling a bunch of stupid plays, um, I think this this defensive line would have squashed him but he stuck to the script and kudos to matt lafleur for game planning a scheme that really stymied a stout defense and and my point is they can do this all the time (laughs) you know if they want to they they could be super efficient like this all the time uh they don't have to just save it for when you got a a defense that you're expecting to have issues with and that's just and despite you know, Spike. what was a very good outing, you still have the feeling that they, their best ball is still ahead of them if they choose. I mean, there were still flaws in the game that we could nitpick, but we're not going to. But you still don't know if they're necessarily firing on all the cylinders they're truly capable of. If they do, I don't know if there's a team in the league that can stop them. Yeah. I think this I mean, is one of the, cl- the cleaner games of the season, absolutely. So I gave you credit, Jersey Al. I'm going to give myself a little credit right now. Of course. <laughs> because why not? You have, you have to share the spotlight, of course. I do. I do. Yes. You you yes. you've got to be recognized. You've been so a, you've been a little you've been a little proud here. I just I want to get a little spotlight, but one thing mm-hmm. I did say last week is that if you're going to this defense had been doing such a good job for the previous 3 or 4 weeks, not necessarily getting turnovers, but <clears throat> forcing offenses off the field after three downs, the three and outs. And maybe we didn't need the big play. We just need to stymie uh, the, the offense. And, you know, obviously with Matt Stafford coming in, there's a little concern. There's a little worry. And he says, you know what, if I got to pick, I would rather have, you know, the pressures and the three and outs over the turnovers. And guess what we got? We got both. It was, it was a, it was a great day because on the day they only had one, three, they had one three and out, they had a, a four and out where they didn't make it on fourth down, which was a huge defensive stop, great yep. defensive stop, two big turnovers, but then total of six punts in the day. Now, obviously, we all know, we don't like to talk about it, the Rams did have a lot of big plays, a lot of big pass plays that kind of broke the defense a little bit, sure, but those were you know, three big plays that probably led to their scores. All the other plays... They really controlled them. They really contained them. Yeah, Frustrated the third, Matt Stafford. What's the third one other than the two touchdown bombs? You said three plays, right? Oh, I don't know. I was guesstimating. Oh, no. Yeah, it was just the two. But Okay. But obviously those two had <laughs> enough of an impact. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Each, time, each time, basically, the Packers were starting to pull away, and that just brought the game close again each time. And Razul, once again, with the pick six, we had the fumble recovery by Preston Smith, who's been an absolute beast. Uh, you know, Rashawn Gary went out and we we're all worried about it just being Preston Smith. He's coming now. Now uh, Rashawn's back and Preston's still being a beast. This that that's that's a really good sign. And Kenny Clark didn't really have a bad game either. No, it, it was good. That's a scary defensive line, if you ask me. <laughs> Everyone talks about, oh, the Rams are so scary. The, the Bears are so scary. You know what? The Packers are kind of scary now. Yeah, and you know the, the role players on that line are, are doing well, too. When they, you know, they mix in uh, Lowry and Lancaster and Kiki, um, you know, they use them all pretty much. And they all have, like, their, their role. 
And they've actually played very well as a, as a unit. You know, it hasn't just been Kenny Clark and the edge rushers and then Prey, you know. So it's been a, a good, solid defensive line this year. And let's give a little credit to our offensive line because heaven knows with uh, Elton Jenkins out, we were really, really worried about what was going to happen. They did okay. They, they were all right. Gotta love the robot dance. I've been pleasantly surprised by Josh how Josh Diamond has stepped up. I will be the first to admit I was nervous about him in the starting lineup, but he was pretty good. And guys, I'll admit I was wrong. No, yeah, I mean, I actually had, had written last week that based on the three games that he had played early in the season, I, I had a decent amount of confidence in him. Of course, going up against Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, you know, made me temper that confidence a little bit, but he definitely held up. Uh, Floyd got around him once for uh, for for a hit on on Rodgers but it was it was fairly harmless uh, other than that uh, between Miller and Floyd he pretty much kept him at bay as far as uh, pass pass the blocking and running he did really run blocking he did really oh, he well was fantastic I, I posted a picture of him where he pancaked Aaron Donald pancake back onto the turf with him you know basically Buried him into the turf. I mean, you don't do that to Aaron Donald <laughs> that easily, right? So, I mean, that was by far his most impressive play. But overall, he, he did really well in the run game, which is something I would not have expected, you know, beginning of the season. But he's shown it. I think that the Packers really owned the game on every front. And I think, you know, we can always pick apart the, these individual performances, but the performance as a whole. I mean, you saw every phase of their game just start to come apart. I mean, they're fumbling kickoffs. The defense is is giving up yards. Matt Stafford just starts becoming Matt Stafford. They just imploded at every level. I mean, we've had games where the Packers have done that, and we've really freaked out. And, of course, if you read some of the Rams, uh, you know, bylines and, and articles out there, everyone's really freaking out out there right now in Los Angeles. The Packers— That's a almost, shame. Yeah, almost doubled the time of possession in the game. It was over 39 minutes that the Packers had the ball to only like 20 minutes for the Rams. That's yep. that's master. Well, it the is. defense was really in sync with each other. You think of the, the Gary Strip, and without missing a beat, Preston picked it up. You know, they were anticipating each other's moves, and they were working well together. It wasn't like it was. It was a it was a team effort, and they functioned. The D train functioned as a as a cohesive unit. And I thought that was there was only a couple times where I grumbled about what what they were screwing up. Like Chris Barnes should probably never be in loan coverage. <laughs> but other than that, they really were in sync with each other. And that's a good sign. It's not only going into a bye week when you know you're undermanned, but you know we've got our big five games coming out here to set us up for the playoffs and you know maybe a, a number one seed's back in the, the the shuffle for us you certainly hope so that'll take us to the end of our first quarter guys are we going to call this one a win definitely a win huge win. oh yeah huge win and you know jersey Alec, you called it well done yay yeah let we were know. wrong blah yep. blah blah now let's never mention it again moving on to the second quarter Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Charles Rodgers. Does he ever make the news? I mean, I hardly ever hear about him anymore. He got a haircut. <laughs> he did? Uh, yeah, yeah, he cut it off and he shaved. And he shaved? Yeah. Wow. And then, of course, he talked about feet on the McAfee show. <laughs> it's like, please leave your shoes on. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, our next segment, I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers 
and how he's kind of back in the MVP hunt. And, and this has been a spotlight year for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, not only is he in the spotlight, he's under the microscope. And in some ways, he's sort of invited it. Uh, he, he complains about it a lot, complains about the woke media mob, et cetera, et cetera. But he, he does seem to sometimes <laughs> invite that attention. And uh, today actually was on the McAfee show. I think he uh, started suggesting that his coaches are the ones who are leaking information about his toe. So, and of course, people are pouncing all over that because he said it. But through all of that, Aaron Rodgers has just put himself back into discussions for possible most valuable player. Uh, definitely looked cold-blooded all game long. I mean, he, you know, that that rushing touchdown he had was was pure Farvian ego. I mean, just running along there, Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and he just gives him this little pump fake and then <laughs> runs in the end zone and whips Ramsey out of like 10 yards out of bounds. Great, great play. But Rogers back in the MVP hunt. What do you guys think? Is he, is this compared to some of the other guys ahead of him? I guess in some of the talks, Brady and uh, Josh Allen, where do you think he stands right now? Well, I mean, if, if you taking his season as a whole, right, it really, I don't think it's an MVP level season, but you can feel him coming on, you know, just like the run the table year, or you can feel it, starting and feel him starting to come on and if he continues playing like this over the rest of the the year then we might be talking about mvp year again right now i don't think he would be the favorite personally no i hate to say it but it's probably tom brady but if brady has another clunker game or two and rogers has again a couple games that were like last sunday i think it could be a more um interesting race a closer contest, yeah. So a solid day, uh, 97.2 passer rating. Remember back in the days when uh, a quarterback having a 90-something passer rating was something incredible, and for Aaron Rodgers, it seems like almost like a slightly off day for him. But, uh, you know, 307 yards passing, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, now up to almost 3,000 yards in the season, still has that 23-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's at 105.5. For the year right now, FanDuel, who are putting the odds, which obviously doesn't mean that much. Tom Brady's at plus 300. Josh Allen at plus 420. Aaron Rodgers at plus 650. Um, I'm surprised Patrick, they have Josh Allen up there as number two. I am actually kind of surprised by that, but they're quietly not doing a bad job over there. Yeah. Bills are probably my favorite team in the back watching them. Patrick Mahomes in fourth right now at a plus 750. Um, but here's where I'm surprised is is the, how close Rodgers is to Mahomes because Mahomes I think has had a, an inconsistent year to say the least. Yeah, I think they're starting to come on a little bit too, though the Chiefs. You know, yeah. I think uh, after the uh, Packers game when they really were not good but still managed to win somehow, um, well because we didn't have Rodgers basically, um, you know that. They've started to to slowly get it together, and I think they're playing better. So he might be coming on, too, along with Rodgers. And at the end of the year, it might be the two of them and Brady all fighting it out. But we'll see. Not in the top uh, four or five in MVP is Russell Wilson, uh, <laughs> which makes me really happy. Mm, yeah, and we're all very like sad. He may rumors have it he may end up getting sent near you, Al, because I heard or saw just a blurb about him possibly the Giants making a, a grab. Yeah. 
Well, it would be better than what they have, but uh, anyway, I don't really yeah. care about the Giants. <laughs> I don't really care about Russell Wilson, so we're even. Yeah. Well, I do care about Russell Wilson. I care for him to fail wherever he is and whatever <laughs> yes. he does. So yes. I, I do care. The Giants, I just don't care if they pass or if they do good or not. But Russell Wilson, just fail at everything, please. Speaking of which, Matt LaFleur now starting to get some uh, momentum yeah. as coach of the year. Uh, interesting, given the, the tumultuous year they've had. He is also third behind Belichick which I thought was interesting. And uh, Arizona, is that Kingsbury out in Arizona? Yeah, he's second. And then LaFleur would be third right now in terms of favorite for coach of the year. Yeah, well, I mean, Belichick, you know, the fact that he's got a rookie quarterback and he's got that team playing really good football, it isn't surprising to me that he's up there. Uh, the Kingsbury thing, yeah, you know, they've got Kyler Murray and they were high flying and they've got a, the best record in the NFC right now. So you got to consider them. But um, LaFleur really has always been ignored pretty much the last couple of years uh, because, oh, he's got Aaron Rodgers. He's got Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I think people are starting to see, though, <laughs> you know, people are starting to see that that he's more than just uh a coach that happens to have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Yeah, I, I still think he doesn't get enough respect uh, for for the job he does. But this is the year. Not I from think the even, media, anyway. Not from the media. Yeah, I think right. people, uh, peers, I think are acknowledging it. Um, but this is the, the one of the years we talked about. Ha- is Rodgers going to buy into the Lafleur scheme? And as we're heading down the home stretch, I think he's finally going to. And I think we're really going to see the brilliance that is Matt Lafleur putting together a team and, and a vision for, for the season. Uh, CD kept saying we're all in, all in. And I think we're starting to see it. It's starting to pay off. All right. Well, that's going to take us pretty much to the second quarter, uh, which I think we'll also call a win with uh, Rogers and Lafleur yeah. starting to get a little respect nationally. Fantastic. I'll actually segue here Uh-oh. because the name we're not hearing so far, but I think maybe should be in the mix right now is should Mark, uh, excuse me, should uh, Brian Gutekunst be in consideration for general manager of the year, executive of the year at this point? Um, if you really think about what's been going on and what he's put together with Sofa change implications, he, he's, he's done okay. Well, there's no doubt he's done a tremendous job. I have no idea about other GMs in the league, honestly, to you know who to compare him to. And who else has done a good job or hasn't uh, this year? But what he has done in making additions to this team and providing the depth that they've needed with all the injuries to still keep winning, I mean, that, that's just a tremendous job. And let's also be honest, he's under the gun. I mean, the off-season histrionics mm-hmm. did kind of put Gutekunst, uh, once again, under the microscope and a little bit of criticism and then when you say it's going to be, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was critical of him. I, I mean, think we all were. I mean, I was, I've been saying for years, I think you should be doing this. I would be doing this. I wouldn't be going all in. I wouldn't be signing all these people and killing your salary cap for 2021. <laughs> Brian didn't care what I said. Yeah. Isn't that good funny? Good job, that Brian. <laughs> and <laughs> which is probably a pretty good strategy, but he's taken this team with these big contracts, these big extensions with Aaron Jones and Kenny Clark, and obviously still riding out Aaron Rodgers' contract. So he had about, by the time they futzed out a couple people, Jamal Williams, et cetera, 
they had about $4 million in cap space, which is, you know, can buy you what Starbucks. I think we talked about that last week. What did they get with that $4 million this year? They went through the couch cushions and found some loose change and got pretty good value for some really impact players this year. You know, Razul Douglas, he's the uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. You know, d- did anyone here have ever heard of him before this? Before he joined the Packers, I certainly did not. I did. I do the draft guide, so yeah. But I had no idea what had happened to him and where if he was still in the league or not. Uh, but but well, actually, we should start with first the the two uh, the two trades, right? We had Randall Cobb coming over, and we have a real punter coming over from. Uh, you know, from the Rams, which who outpunted the guy who beat him out of a job at the Rams yes, uh, on Sunday. So those were like the first two moves that he made, uh, which have both had really big impacts on the team. Right. And then Devondre Campbell, he picks up because nobody else wanted him. Hard to believe. And, and he then, was and he was player a defensive player of the month last month. Right. And, you know, how it's been said a million times, but how guys like him and Razul Douglas weren't on active rosters playing is really hard to understand when you see what they've done here with the Packers. Um, he also picked up Whitney Merciless when uh, when Z and Gary were uh, were hurting and Preston Smith also at one point. So we needed depth there. He brought him in. Unfortunately, Merciless ended up getting hurt and he's out for the year. But just all these little moves that he's made uh, have all worked out, you know, they've all worked just, out. And it was deficit time, like Devondre Campbell, we finally have an impact inside linebacker. When was the last time we could say that? You know, years. Possibly a decade. Possibly a decade. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I think, you know, what Gutekunst has done with this small amount of money, has, you know, you, you like you said, Al, I mean, Randall Cobb, I'm sorry, he's he's a, an upgrade over everyone else on the roster as a, a number two and certainly as a number three receiver. Uh, Bajorquez, I, I would say he's a, an improvement over J.K. Scott. Oh, you'd Devon, go out on that limb? Yeah, I would. Devonda okay. Campbell, obviously, uh, <laughs> improvement over anyone at inside linebacker. And also, he provides some leadership that's been lacking right. in that position as well. It's not just he's a, he's a good player. He's a leader on the field, which I think is doubles the bonus of, of his find. And Rasul Douglas, obviously, I would say, especially after last week, has officially supplanted or should have officially supplanted Kevin King uh, at corner. So that's four guys who have technically come in and taken starting spots with this measly $4 million in cap space. And we're all in and we're nine and three and whatever. We're we're going into this home stretch as easily uh, a late playoff favorite and, and, and a Super Bowl favorite. And I think that's that's exciting and, and certainly a testament to our general manager. But the thing is, these guys are all, I'm assuming, short contracts that are not going to be cheap next year. Well, you take what you can right now. But these are players I would I would invest in, even maybe even Cobb, because like you said, he's a, he's an upgrade from everything else that was behind him on the depth chart. Granted, you know, you've got people like Equiminius St. Brown, who's got some intangible value on special teams, but still, he's not, in, I would not rank him in the top four receivers. Not presently. No. no. There's some promise, but not right now. And despite them trying, <laughs> media or pundits or people on Twitter trying to get him, we did not need Odell Beckham Jr. 
We <laughs> did not need him. He, he, See, even Brian though they listened him, to me on that one because he, he's <laughs> learned it's it's better to listen to me than to listen to you. So he's Good learned point. that, and Good he point. did not, you know, go out and get Odell Beckham because I told him not to. So you're welcome. Uh huh. <laughs> so that will take. <laughs> Puke am, emoji. Too far? am I going too far tonight? You, you puke emoji, be. Al. Puke I don't know, emoji. man. I, I, I'm feeling it tonight. I can tell. Yeah. You are you are just uh, swimming in your own slop at this point. So. <laughs> Spicy yeah. Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to take a win for third quarter if you guys agree. I think uh, take the win, too. Hal Gutekunst has done that, and if he's not being considered for GM of the year, I don't know how the world they decided. So. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was an expert in money ball this year and found good Packer people to be on this team that they fit in and the, and have integrated well into this team. They aren't divas. They aren't you know, clamoring for attention. They're just getting the job done. So let's move on to our final quarter. And of course, uh, in the immortal words of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. I don't know. <laughs> we could probably say throughout this entire Please year, do not sing it. I, I shall. But... I, I think there's points throughout the season with all the injuries that they've had. We could use to bye week in week five. We could use to bye week in week eight. And we could use to bye week in week 10. And finally, we have it. And I remember mentioning this on a show much earlier in the season. This is the latest bye the Packers have ever had since bye weeks were introduced. They've never had it this late in the season before. And suddenly we're looking at it as like, man, this might be really good timing to get some of these injured players back. Yeah, I remember, I remember that show. We were like, oh, wow, this is a stupid buy. It's way too far into the season. People are going to be already hurt in, in walking, the walking wounded. It turned out to be the perfect week for the Packers buy, if you ask me. Because they are the walking wounded. They are the walking wounded. It seems like, <laughs> please, so you know, every, every time I watch a game. Self-fulfilling prophecy there. Seriously, you want every down, it's like, please do not have a season-ending injury. Please, 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 please. And we should, on that note of, of perfect timing, we should have noted that Devondre Campbell has gone onto the COVID list again at the perfect time because there's a buy and he should he, be able to come off of it and be ready for the next game. Hopefully. Hopefully. Right. Now, obviously there are a couple of players, um, Elton Jenkins, Whitney Merciless, as we discussed earlier, that we're, we're not going to get back uh, this no. year at all, but let's go through a list of some of our other players here. Aaron Jones, we know, has already come back. We weren't expecting him back last week. Amazing. You know, miracle, <laughs> whatever, Reggie White level uh, healing powers. Um, Kelly, are you seeing anything there that would prevent him? I mean, the extra week, he should be fine? No, and I'm not surprised that they didn't really heavily feature him because I think they were just testing the waters with him. Give him another week of rest. Since he just had a mild MCL sprain, he should be good to go in, in, in a week. I was just really surprised that he started. They came out and he was out there. I'm the starting running back. I'm like what? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know if that me. was just something, maybe to throw the Rams off. You know, like maybe to surprise the Rams. Something he wouldn't have expected. That was the strategy there. But I was certainly surprised. I honestly was more surprised about Rashawn Gary. Uh huh. Well, I forgot about him too. Yeah. But he's back, and obviously that brace isn't slowing him down. So let's just talk about him right now. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I, I was worried he was going to be tentative, <laughs> but he wasn't. So discuss. Well, it looks like he was ready. Hey, Al. Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. I reckon. I reckon right. so. I <laughs> hate you, idiots. I, I hate reckon. you both. Yep, okay, yep, moving yep. on. Moving on. Jair Alexander. <laughs> discuss. 
That before, was a real question. Before we move on, actually, I, I, I had an interesting thing. Troy Aikman, did he not say, like, right at the top of the game, he goes, yeah, I'm really surprised Aaron Jones is back after that ACL tear. Yes, he's an idiot. That? Don't listen to, don't listen to Aikman. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, three minutes game, he says, well, yeah, I guess now it's been downgraded to just a sprain. You know, I, I guess it was a tear at first. Like, what? Okay. He said that. Do you remember that? But I didn't hear. I don't sprain, pay much attention. A sprain is on some level a tear of a ligament. So even though he was a buffoon saying this, he was not entirely wrong. But it didn't involve his ACL, so he's an idiot. Like the old days on, you know, when the football announcers were just doing the game on radio and no one could see what was happening and they say, Oh, and Smith is running the ball, and then he realized, oh, that's the wrong guy. And he laterals the ball to this guy. So, you know, no one knew that he had the wrong <laughs> guy all along. Speaking of that, did you notice in it and people are like praising the call with Razul's um interception, it took Joe Buck a couple beats to figure out who had the ball. And he's like, and the Packers, pause, 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 pause. Razul Douglas with the pick six. It's like he had no idea who that guy was. <laughs> they, they, they had a rough. Jair Alexander, uh, we've been waiting for him to come back. And, of course, you know we had that discussion last week, Kelly. Even if we get people like Jair and David Bakhtiari back, are they going to be prime Jair and prime David Bakhtiari? Uh, what's the outlook right now on Jair? I, I don't know because they've been so secretive about his injury. And right. he had a, a shoulder separation. And you know, when it first happened, they're like, well, we're going to see if he needs surgery. Well, the, we're going to see if he needs surgery is a lot different than whether, you know, we'll talk about the toe earlier, but whether or not Rodgers needs surgery. Rodgers has a, has, a, has a broken pinky toe, BFD. Um, the fact that they don't talk about Alexander is not good in my my opinion because they're not really being forthright with his injury. Obviously, the, the team knows he's not, he's not playing, but... Of all the players on this list, I'm feeling the least confident of him returning this season. And I used to say I used to think that was Z Smith, but right now I think it's Alexander because you because you just don't really see him in action anywhere. Hmm. I could be yeah. wrong, but he has been at practice though. I think I saw a picture yeah. of him stretching out during practice. So but he's, not he's really there. He's on the field, but he's not really doing any drills. He's not doing any contact, and that tells me he's now nowhere near coming back yet. Has he been to practice? He's been to practice, too. Yeah, okay. It was interesting seeing him on the sidelines being rather vociferous and rather vocal. Uh, You know, there's this weird rumor that he's very unhappy, unhappy about his contract, that he's kind of sitting out or whatever. And yet he seemed to be pretty active on the sidelines, standing right next to Matt LaFleur. So I guess I'm holding out hope that he... Is going to come back. I mean, maybe he just wants to be back for the playoffs or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it would be nice to have have all these players back for a stretch run. Yeah, personally, I haven't bought into that whole theory at all. I don't well, think who, that's the case. Who's peddling it? Because if it's Adam Schefter, I don't believe him. Well, that's why I said it's a rumor, and and that's why it was nice to see him stepping up and saying, you know, hey, I'm on this team. I'm part of this team. It, it to me that that's part of the togetherness, and I think the selflessness of this team this year. We don't know exactly what kind of back surgery he's had, right? I don't know. Um, right. Yeah, did he have a fusion? Because that takes a little bit of time. Did he, you know, have disc surgery? I don't know because they've, they've also not said. Right. Okay. And of course, we would be remiss if we did not talk about remiss the toe. Oh my God, I'm so sick of his feet. 
Too. Well, then he had people like questioning him. It's like, oh, is he gonna like use essential oils and and uh, ivermectin to treat his toe? Because they made this comment this past week of, well, they might have surgery, might not. It's a pinky toe. You get the two ends in the same county, they're going to heal. The only thing I could imagine is they're trying to speed up healing by putting a pin in it, and it's he's already two weeks into a broken toe. It's probably healed already. He doesn't need surgery. Can't, can't you just like tape it to the other toe yes, and yes. put some cushion around it and yes. be on your way, right? How many of us have like stubbed their pinky toe on a dresser or, or something in your bedroom and you've broken it and it hurts for like two or three weeks and then it's better? This is exactly what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. The drama on over whether or not he was going to have surgery in this week off was really much ado about nothing. It's a pinky toe. It's two weeks in. It's mostly healed by now. And if it hurts, he's getting it numbed up. He worked on nine toes. He functioned on nine toes that he could feel last week, and he did just fine. And there was a there was a player I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Devonte Adams who said, uh, "You know, the toe is not affecting him at all in the field." Although there were a couple times he looked a little gimpy out there, but he did say that when he's on the sideline, Devonte, I think it was Devonte, said you could just tell from Aaron Rodgers' body language that it is bothering him. So. Well, it's little tiny bones, but like I said, if you've hurt your, you, you've broken your pinky toe, and I've done it, it hurts. It's it's a stupid little part of your body. It's like it it hurts. Just about until pain it's, management is all it is. Exactly, right? because it's not gonna, it's not a fulcrum like his his big toe for for you know planting. Right, he doesn't need it right for any real <laughs> he, reason. He could yeah. technically cut it off, and it would be just fine. Yep. All right. So, Let's put that toe to bed. It's not affecting his performance, obviously. Good. Well, a bye week, as he said, coming at, uh, I guess, the perfect time, although there was an awful lot of perfect times this season. This sure seems like the nicest perfect time. Um, <laughs> and the hope of getting at least maybe one or two of these players back for a stretch run in a t- on a team that's already gone 9-3, and three, I think I will call that a win, and I will call that a clean sweep. Four oh, yeah. and oh. Been a that long time since we've often. had that. <laughs> It has. All right. Well, we don't have an overtime today because we don't have a game. We'll we'll come to you uh, next week. But any final thoughts or rants either of you want to provide for our dedicated listening audience? Well, one person we haven't talked about is our fearless kicker. What do we want to say about Mason Crosby? Three out of fours is a C. So that was an improvement. I'm trying to be optimistic. Good enough for playoffs? The thing that you guys told me last week, we weren't allowed to do that. So weren't allowed to do what? Moratorium Uh, on Mason Crosby or what? Yeah, like I said, should we bring someone else in? Should we have JJ Moore start a day? There is nothing out there. No, no. All I said was they're not going to do it. I didn't say you can't talk about it. I just said they will not do that. <laughs> well, they, they doubled down and said he's going to stay, which I think is shorter, Matt LaFleur, for saying, yeah, we look, there's nothing else. <laughs> got to hope, you know, that you got to buy. He gets away for a week, you know, spends time with the family, doesn't think about kicking much, and then comes back refreshed, clean slate in his head. And he gets it together. That's that's that, what we have to hope for. That's got to be exactly what he needs because you look at him and he's he has that look of you know, this anxious look on his face yeah. and the disgust when he misses. He just needs to step away, not kick a million balls, trying to get you know knock it through the the uh, uprights as many times as possible, and take his mind off of it and go do something else. Agreed, and I hope he does. You know, I was kind of looking at some of JJ Molson's, I guess, draft status coming out of college. 
I don't know if he was necessarily a really strong power kicker. I mean, I'm just wondering if a 50-yard-plus field goal is in his range. And maybe that is one reason why <laughs> they're kind of looking at this as, well, we really can't take a, a risk on a kicker that doesn't have that powerful of a leg. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't say that I know anything at all about him, honestly. No, I, d- I can't either. So Yeah, he, he definitely had some drops in production when he was at UCLA. So I guess they're looking at him at as a project, and that project is not ready to go yet. So Mason Crosby looks to be the guy going forward. I believe he is. Correct. All right. That'll okay. take us to... Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can explore several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the pod, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, play Packers Talk podcast. That's a wrap. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Enjoy the week off. Talk to you next week, Packer fans. Go Pack Go. And I see the puke emoji returned. I can be there now. That's fine. I don't care anymore. You're pretty offended by the puke emoji. I mean, like, we could have put the poop emoji out, but you took the puke one and you're like, no, we cannot have it.